What's up? Welcome to Tide Sessions, a podcast about water sports. I'm Mike and this is Mel. We're both super passionate about the water and together we co-founded a kite surfing school called Tide Water Sports. On this podcast, we're going to be chatting to athletes, founders and other rad people who also love being in, on or under the water. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we did. Today we chat to Flo Dillon. Flo is a kite surfer from Holland and co-owner of the Surfer app. The Surfer app is an amazing tool to track your jumps, stats and progress on the water when out kite surfing. We chat to Flo about his own background in water sports, how he helped grow a kite school in Australia and what his favorite kite spots are. We also discussed the amazing new features of Surfer Pro, the upcoming board mounts and the exciting stuff happening with kite competitions. We really enjoyed catching up with Flo and hearing about all the work that happens behind the scenes on the Surfer app. We can't wait to see what's next for him. Enjoy! Yes! Hi! Hey, Flo. <laughs> Thanks for coming and chatting to us. Really, really appreciate that. On such short notice as well. So you said you was out kiting today, getting the last of the window. No, oh, that, was, that was yesterday, uh, but it was super light again, so nothing... Nothing too special yesterday, just a quick one, and then took the directional out and tried a bit of, bit of on the directional, but that was it pretty much. Today, it's all over for the coming days, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, today was the last day for us. There was a nice bit of win for teaching, no, nothing amazing for riding, but yeah, still still really good. And then yeah. same for us, it's dropped I saw off. you riding the 8th yesterday. Yeah, yesterday there was, I don't know, it was like... 25 maybe a little bit more maybe yeah on on the eight but I, I like to ride the eight all the time so uh if if i if i can just about get away with it then i'll, I'll do that yeah we haven't been able to ride a i don't know 25 knots seems like a i don't know so long so long ago it, it's been a terrible summer in holland yeah I don't know what's going on yeah there's not Same been much there? big wind yeah that for the last wait, wait, wait. big win. You mean it's been a beautiful summer, but there's been no wind. Yeah. yeah. For people that don't kite surf, they'll probably be a bit confused. Like, what? No, it's just been I really mean, nice and sunny, but not windy, which we don't like. We want yeah. the wind. For the kite school, it's been really nice because there's been nice, yeah. consistent winds for, for teaching and getting people out. But for, yeah. for people like us that might like a bit of big air and a bit of strong wind, nothing. Uh, since Storm Eunice, I think that was the last bit of big win that we we sort of had here. I think we had yeah. one day of like a thirty-five knot uh, on the south coast, um, but that was about it. So tell us a bit about yourself, Flo. Give give us a bit of a background info about yourself. Cool. So um, I, I had a kite school in uh, in Australia. Uh, I ran that for for four years. Um, did that from twenty twelve to twenty sixteen. Then moved back to Holland. Uh, to do another study and um, yeah then finished uni and then I got in touch with Herbert and uh, Herbert uh, started developing the surf rep and he's yeah he asked me if he could use some photos of me some some photos of my local spots uh, to incorporate them in the website and I said yeah no problem no worries why do you want to use them and he wanted to use them for the surf rap website. And then we started talking about that. And then we, yeah, from from one day to the other, like I got involved with Surfer as well. And yeah, and then we started building on that. So I've been kiting since 2010. Um, first, you know, as we all started uh, back in the day with freestyle and uh, always riding with ND8s, maybe you, you still know him, PK, PKRA winner. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember which year, but 20, maybe 27 or something, 28. Um, so I did the freestyle and then, yeah, slowly moved to big ass and like, like everybody's doing, I guess. So yeah, yeah, that's a little bit of my, uh, my background grew up in, grew up in Holland, not even near the coast, but did a lot of sailing and stuff like when I was younger and now live five minutes from the ocean and kite every possible windy day. Nice. So what's your local spot? So we live, um, cl very close to the Slifter. Yeah, it's thirty minutes uh, west from Rotterdam, and it's yeah, it's a, it's an amazing. It can be an amazing spot. You have to hit the tides 
on the right moment, but it's it it can be uh, one of the best spots. But it's unfortunately threatened by uh, by some windmills, by a wind farm at the moment. So yeah, that's unfortunate. But uh, as long as it's open, we uh, we thoroughly enjoy it there. Why why is it threatened by the wind farms? Well, so um, because we have the port of Rotterdam just like hundred meters from the kite spot away, they have to, you know, they have to offset it a little bit by, you know, showing, making it a greener image. So they're putting some windmills along the coastline. And instead of them putting the windmills on the shore, they actually put it in the shoreline. So okay. exactly where we kite, uh, they put these massive windmills, like uh, they're big windmills. Like the, I think the biggest being built yet in Europe. So and that's you know if those windmills are there, then we unfortunately we can't kite that anymore. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Don't they usually put wind farms and stuff like that out at sea? Um, I wish they they usually <laughs> do, but I guess they've started putting them in the shoreline where we have our our fun now as well. So yeah, I don't know what the reasoning is behind it exactly, but yeah. I know there's some friends of us they're really trying to fight it and trying to show them, hey guys. There is hundreds and hundreds of people uh, enjoying this sport and this spot. So please come take it in consideration. But I guess there's higher forces and, and, and high, bigger powers behind the port of Rotterdam than, you know, a couple of hundred kites. So, yeah, yeah. we're put pretty low down the food chain when it comes to that sort of thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, that's a reality. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you can do something though. Mel's probably got a good idea. No, I was just going to say that it's not even just kiters. It could be even for people that just want to walk around on the beach. It's not great to have a huge wind like farm in front of you or like a few, you know. It's yeah. it's a bit of a weird move, no. but um, yeah. not just for kiters, but everybody else as no. well that enjoys totally. the Totally, yeah, totally, for sure. But we'll come and protest with you. We'll just walk on yeah. the beach and go, no, get away. If not, Stop it's it. sabotage. Yeah, how you, it's quite big. I don't know how, how you can sabotage it, but yeah, we can we'll protest. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they, tell us about good. any uh, water sports uh, that you did growing up. Did you do anything other than kite surfing? Yeah, I did a um, fair bit of sailing. That's how I got into water sports with my uh, with my family. Then from um, sailing, I started. I got into windsurfing. Did quite a bit of windsurfing, and then you know the gear was expensive, and the gear is too big to travel with. Or you know, I used to go like used to go windsurfing by train sometimes, but you know because the gear is so big, that's, then I thought, hey, let's let's try this kiting thing, and then I was able to hop in the bus or hop on the train or tram and go to the spots. So that made my life a whole lot easier so yeah did uh, did a little bit of everything then in australia obviously i did a lot of surfing and surfing and a lot of free diving and uh spear fishing if we consider that a water sport as well oh yeah we do it definitely yeah. is free, free oh, that's cool. where, is where did you free dive yeah in holland no um, you? Uh, to, no, not in Holland. <laughs> in Australia, I used to do it in Australia. Oh, amazing! Uh, you need to yeah. tell us about this as well, because we love free diving. It's one, of, and it's definitely my favorite yeah. water sports. Yeah, over kiting, sorry, kiting. I mean, I love kiting. Well, I pretty <laughs> much just did it because it was good training for spear fishing. Okay. Mm, okay. We're not fans of spear fishing. We like making friends with fish, not yeah. shooting them. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't frown upon. I, I really like. <laughs> No, it's nice to eat a fresh fish. I don't buy fish from the supermarket or something, but if you can target the species that well, and you don't have to catch them with a rod or something. You can actually yeah. know exactly, hey, that one I can I can take and that one I can yeah. leave. Then it's a pretty sustainable. I think it's a, the most sustainable way of, of fishing. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's for better sure. than chucking a line in and hope, hoping for the best. Yeah. Or even worse, like with nets and, and farming. Yeah. And stuff, yeah. So. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, no. Um, so yeah, I feel like a lot of kites started out with windsurfing. When you know you guys that have like yeah, been doing yeah. water sports for a long time. Um, so kiting, you said since two thousand ten. Then, um, so what did you? How did how did it go? Like, how did you get on with kiting? Did you love it straight away? Did you find it hard? Did you? 
Well, I was teaching then in a in a in a windsurf school up in the north of Holland at the IJsselmeer in Hindelope, um, and then I thought, hey, I want to give this kiting a go as well. So, um, because you know, as I just said previously, it was easy to travel with and stuff. But these guys at this windsurf school, they just started doing some kiting lessons as well, and I thought, okay, let's give it a go. But they just pretty much gave me, I think it was a Cabrina switchblade. And they just gave it to me, literally just gave the backpack to me and the bar. And they said, have a play with it. And yeah, just see how you get along. And you're a windsurfer, you're a capable windsurfer. So see how you get along. And that's how I got into it. And it was freaking me out the first few times because, <laughs> you know, on a big 12 or 14 meter, way, probably way too, well, it feels big and you have to figure it out yourself. So it was scary in the beginning, but then, you know, you get the hang of it and then, you know how the wind works and then you you know you start going so that's how i started well that's a bit of trial and error that's, yeah that's kind of that's, how, yeah. I, that's how i started as well a lot yeah. of trial and error yeah. <laughs> bit sketchy guess, but it yeah, worked I in guess the end quite a few people started like that and then yeah and then you you know you you learn from others and you you know you you listen into uh, i listen into other other people who, who were getting kite lessons and that's how you get the the theory part of it as well. But yeah, that's how. Uh, Although we how, do not encourage this kind of learning, we recommend people taking lessons so they don't hurt Absolutely. themselves. It's a lot, it's a lot safer. <laughs> you don't have to learn. I think DVDs you can take anymore. a few lessons, like I did. You take a few lessons, and then you go out there and figure out the rest of it out. Yeah, once you've got the safety side. Yeah, exactly. I think, it, but back then it wasn't as popular, was it? So it was a bit no. probably less. Although they were at kite school, you said, so they were quite bad to do that to you. They could they, have been they like just started. They just literally just started teaching yeah. kiting as well, oh. and I would absolutely discourage anyone, obviously, to do to do it like. Uh, well, we all did back in the day, I guess, because it yeah. was just it was just a different d different way of of kiting then and getting into it. So, yeah. So you say you ran a kite school over in Australia. How did, how did you come yeah. to that? Well, um, there was a guy, Marvin, he, um, he had a kite school and we, um, during, I was traveling there and I got in touch with him and he had some, some people who wanted to do lessons. Um, and he wasn't actually teaching himself, but he kind of just had a kite school, um, in order to, uh, he, he had the, all the license because he wanted to teach his friends. But then I came along and then I kind of took over the school and kind of, yeah, built the school up from there. So, um, yeah, that's how, how I started the, the kite school and made it big and big and had a, we had a shop and then standard pedaling came along and then we did quite a bit of standard pedaling as well. So usually in the morning from 6 to 10, it was just doing standard pedal lessons and then from 10 to 12, it was quiet. And then from 12 till the end of the day, we did, uh, we did uh, kite lessons. Yeah. Where was it in Australia? Was it on a good windy bit? Was it the west coast or the east? The northeast uh, okay. called Townsville. Yeah. Uh, it was not, it's not the windiest bit. Uh, the windiest part of Australia is the, like the east side, like Perth and Broome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but because it was uh, like the northern tropics, you have pretty much wind every day. Perfect for lessons. And the good thing, it's always warm. So you just need a rest guard, um, um, off you go. And you had pretty much every day you had, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 knots. So perfect to get in, into it. And then some days you had a little bit stronger, but it was extremely good for lessons there. Yeah. Nice. Sounds like a really nice spot. It does. Yeah. Dreamy. But there are sharks yeah. in Australia. But... Yeah. But sharks are fine though. Let's not get into sharks again. <laughs> I feel like we get into shots at each each time, but yeah. you know. Well, anyway. you you do because you know, I know, but that's what I think about with with Australia. <laughs> but anyway, do you have any funny shark stories? Yeah, I guess like where we used to teach, um, there is this um, very friendly group of shovel nose sharks, and uh, do you know what a shovel nose shark is? No. It's like a it's a it's a like a stingray but it looks a little bit like a it has like a big triangular head oh, and very big side fins and they're very pointy 
So <laughs> this family of shovel-nosed sharks, they cruise along, or they used to live, where they used to teach. So every now and again, like this fin pops up and it looks exactly like a shark. So every time we were teaching, people were sometimes freaking out. They start storming back to the beach because they they think there's a shark. But then I said, no, don't worry. You know, it's just a shovel nose shark. Don't worry. There's nothing going to happen. And, uh, other than that, nah. no big, uh, big stories. Just uh, nah. it was uh, there was crocodiles there where we teach talks as well, but no, uh, no sharkies. There were crocodiles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, oh we, they're terrible. They're scary. I wouldn't get in the water with crocodiles. Scary. They are scary. They, that was, um, no, sometimes we had to close the, the spot was closed for a month or something because they, there was a, a crocodile sighting and then oh. we couldn't teach. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I guess they're a yeah, double threat on there because they're on land and in the sea. They can go everywhere. They'll just follow you around. Yeah. yeah. No, but I know crocodiles yeah. are worse. Like sharks are fine. I don't mean it as in like it's just I just love them. But crocodiles are like super dangerous, more probably more yeah. dangerous than sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, we can we can stop talking about sharks now and crocodiles. Okay. So let's talk more about the Surfer app. Yeah, let's get into it. How how did it all start? You know, so Herbert was um, developing it and got in touch with you. So how how did he so start it all? New phone had has all the sensor, the required sensors in order to calculate jump height. Um, it's just a matter of finding the right algorithm, like putting the numbers together to calculate the right jump height. Um, this is not something you can do in an, in one evening. This is something which takes um, months and months of months of very dedicated uh, work and. Um, yeah, he, so he knew the, the phone has the sensors um, and then he started working on it and it was kind of a hackathon, hackathon for him. And then he finally figured out, hey, okay, now I probably know how to get all these numbers together. And then he started testing, just riding with it and, and, and just trial and, trial and error. And we first always thought, hey, we can only measure jump height on the board. So having like a dedicated case where you put your phone in and then measure your jump height with the phone attached to your board um, and that's how we pretty much started and then we figured out all sorts of other ways which I bet we will come into later as well but so um, we figured out the, the algorithm and then he thought hey this is a cool idea maybe we can do something with this and maybe we can make something cool for the community you know like it's everybody has a phone and everybody, it's so easy. Just take your phone, just take a waterproof pouch with you, put it in your wetsuit and track all your sessions, you know, and accurately. That was very important to us, you know. Um, accuracy is, is key to us. And we have all been wanting this, this super accurate uh, product. And um, we've been working countless and countless hours on it. And then we thought, hey, this is cool for the community. Let's see how we can bring this to in everybody's hands and yeah that's how we started building it and doing all sorts of things so it was kind of a, a fun project at first and then it got a little bit out of hand yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely got out of hand flow yeah but in a good yeah. way yeah absolutely yeah it's amazing <laughs> so one of my favorite things about the app is the live feed so that you can see live people's scores coming through and that's mm. that's amazing for competitions obviously but um even, even for like the everyday rider it's just like when, when i see my friends going out or when mel sees me well, going yeah. out you when know you she, go she's out and i'm like where is he where is he and i just go on the sofa yeah. up and i'm like oh there he is the oh, sandwich he's he close to the short now how long has he been fighting? Like, no, it's amazing because yeah, I'll just go and be like, oh, well, I did that. Mm, that. Oh, that was how many seconds ago? How many? It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. the best thing to uh, to stalk people. <laughs> yeah, as well. Totally. Yeah. But, you know, no, the best. one side you can say it's stalking people. On the other side, it adds a lot to your safety as well. Yeah, oh, I think it's amazing. Safety, yeah, I just yeah. mean it as a joke. It's really good for that. It's good stalking. <laughs> no, I it's think it's totally, healthy. No, but, no we, we get this all the time. Like, oh, we can stalk people. And, yeah. Um, we hear that all the time. But, uh, you know, on the other hand, people 
know it because they their loved ones or their people at home mm. they can follow so if something happens hey we've heard it already you know before like people have used because they tracking their sessions with the phone they can like can call the coast guard for example so yeah um, yeah it's it's that's very important to us as well like take your phone with you you know you have all these beacons and all these things you can buy hey your phone can do it all you know there's not many things in the way of your cellular connection it's usually always working when you're kiting so take the thing with you <laughs> yeah definitely yeah Definitely. It's... I think every, everyone gets in a sticky situation every now and then, even, even if you're like the best rider in the world, things can happen Absolutely. to you out there. And it's, it's always nice to have that backup and yeah. you know, being able to be tracked, which is really, really cool. Yeah. It, it, have you got anything else planned for the live sort of thing? So like uh, any more interactive sort of things with the live feed? Yes. Or is that secret? Uh, no, no, we can do a little. Uh, so, hundred percent yet yeah we because we have all sorts of crazy ideas but one of the ideas is for example when you're riding with board mount um and you have obviously you have a display on your board um you can receive so let's say i'm riding and i can receive a, a notification from someone like hey uh, mel just started kiting as well and i know hey mel's on the water as well and we can ride together or for example uh the spot record has has just been broken and you get that live on your board. So it's not so much in the live as you as you're referring to on your phone, but it's more yeah. live as in interaction on the board mount. Oh nice, um, right. Yeah. But you know, there's there's so many different things we can do because we have a display and we are and it's connected. So there's oh man, the, the ideas we have and the, the the possibilities are like endless. But um do you have any ideas we can add to the live feature as as you are referring to? A little, I don't know, a little yeah. video of Mike. No, I'm kidding. No, we're not doing video. I'm videos. kidding. Um, maybe like a comment section or something like that. So on, on someone's live feed. So if there's like a few people watching someone's live feed, they can comment on like uh on on like the jumps as as they're coming in, or or like certain people's live feeds and stuff yeah. like that. I think that'd be like a nice sort yeah. of interactive play with it. I guess. Yeah, for sure. That's a good one. Like a chat, like a chat group or something. One thing yeah. I forgot to mention is um, there is something coming out and we kind of developed already, but we want to make it a little bit better. You can live stream your sessions with a GoPro and get a live surfer overlay. So then when, you, when you're in the live section, you can see, hey, that person is doing a live stream and you can just uh, click on that and you can see a video of his session. So how, so, will, that, how yeah. will that work? So they'll have to like have their GoPro because the GoPro have got like the live streaming thing, right? So they'll be having to do yeah. that into YouTube straight away. And, yeah. then, and then you link that again with your surfer app. Yeah. With a live, what, so what, what live statistics will people be able to see on the live stream? Um, I think for now we have jump height and distance in there. Yeah. And you can add other people to that session as well. So if you guys would go right together and Mel is live streaming, then on the live stream, um, the stats of Michael will be on there as well. Oh, okay, oh just nice. to make me look bad. Great. <laughs> oh, Mike just jumped. I don't know jumping high no, I'm you guys, Obviously, but... here, um, yeah, obviously, Mike. I mean, you've been fighting <laughs> for a long time. You're way better than me. A little bit. This, yeah. A, a lot, a lot bit. Anyway, but yeah, that sounds like a really good... It's a bit like when you, we watch the competitions, I guess. It's the same thing. You see them and then you see the live, like, the live stats yeah. and that's the best thing. That, that's been such a game changer. Tell us about this, actually. How did it come about? Um, well, so... How did we start with this? I guess we, we, had to have, we had to find a channel how we could reach a big audience. And um, kiting, like watching a live stream is very interesting and very spectacular. But um, if you are able to see some statistics and see this, somebody does a, a boogie loop uh, on 15 or 20 meters and you compare that to yourself, then it's, it's so much more information. And you can, like making the comparison is like, sometimes mind-blowing what these guys are the top guys are doing at such great heights and the speeds and so yeah i guess we had to do we had to find a channel how we could 
reach a, a broader audience. And that's how we got in touch with uh, Mike McDonald, the, the founder of the Big Arcade League. And yeah, he was, he was super keen from the beginning. And he, you know, obviously we first had to prove ourselves. So we started. The first competition was only a year ago, uh, just over a year ago in May 2021, the Full Power Tarifa. And that was the first one. It was a very small little overlay with statistics and it was performing, yeah, okay. Uh, it could have, and now I think it's performing super well. And then it started rolling from there. So that's when we started doing all the bigger card leagues. Uh, we just did the GKA World Championships, all the disciplines. Then we did a Red Bull Rockets event, a windsurfing event, and maybe there's more events coming in the future. Well, uh, coming up is um, uh, Tatajuba Fest, the bigger tide league, obviously. Um, but so yeah, it's uh, it's it's really cool to provide these statistics, and also there, there's lots more possible, and you will see there's uh, lots more cool overlays coming from the surf rap during Tatajuba Fest. That was going to be one of my next questions, actually, um, because you've got like the new pro version with all these new uh, statistics and 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 information that you're getting through. What what sort of new things are we going to be seeing on the Tatajuba Fest? Are you like as well as jump height and sort of stuff like that? Are we going to have any more information on each? Yeah. Time? So the, f the first cool thing is if you are a pro member, you can see all these extra st stats, but you can also see the statistics of, of all these pro riders. So you can go into um, um, whoever's profile uh, who just did a session and you can see, hey, how fast is that person riding on j during that jump or at that takeoff and what are his angles? So that's something cool for the for the for the public i guess and then uh, statistics wise uh, we're not sure if we're going to do it yet but um we're probably going to do some more analysis between riders um, and that's being shown on the live stream so pretty much when you look at the formula one all the statistics are um compared to each other like the the number one who just got pole position against the number two and then you see hey, how what angle is that person cutting the corner or how many g-forces is that person pulling that's kind of what we're doing um what we're going to do during tatajuba fest most likely as well not sure if we're going to pull it off yet because it's quite a bit involved but um yeah something like that is, is very well possible nice i'm sure you'll pull it off but i know their uh their sort of connection out there is a uh, a bit rough right oh yeah it's uh it's an absolute miracle. One, to, to be able to pull off a great competition there of this magnitude. And then secondly, doing a full-on uh, live stream. It's uh, the, the hassle they had to go through last year. <laughs> yeah. Mind-blowing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, was... The dedication, uh, the, the, you know, the dedication of putting on such an event with, you know, so many very keen people and, just out of pa pure passion it's this it's all driven out of pure pure passion and so it's uh yeah they have to run cables for kilometers and kilometers long to in in order to pull off wi-fi or in order to pull off any little bit of internet there at that spot wow yeah i was really impressed yeah. that they managed to do what they did out there it's such yeah. a dedicated group of uh, people yeah uh, yeah it's amazing. It's amazing. yeah you know you, you don't see this if you just watch the live stream but there's uh, if you come to that location i haven't been there myself but i just hear it and i'm i'm you know hands-on involved so i know and i hear it pretty much on a daily basis but it's uh yeah it's quite something it's um very special that this group of people comes together yeah yeah definitely so about the pro version you mentioned it just a little bit about you know speed and like board angles and stuff um i love that i love that you're doing that for people that are learning like especially me i was reading about it and i thought well this is great because it's like yeah it's like a mini coach on your phone telling you well you should be you know getting to that kicker faster or you should be doing have a different angle or going more point less point. so um that's great how did you why did you come up with this what did you think it needed to exist it's it's pretty cool well, I guess um, 
knowing how high you've jumped is is cool but learning how to jump higher and progressing and helping people to progress is next level and now you can do this analysis um you can do after your session um, but the next thing is that you can do it during your session <laughs> so like we call the onboard coach and you know this is going to be a I think it's going to be a, a, a game changer. Um, people will will get live feedback. So you do a jump. So just to get this right, you have to. Um, this will work with the board mount. So you have the board mount. You have your phone in there. You have the display. So you do a jump, and as soon as you land, the phone is going to calculate everything and it's going to give you a recommendation. Hey, and it, it's going to benchmark it, for example, against um, your highest jump during that session or your highest jump in general. And then it knows, hey, okay, um, in order to go higher, uh, your quickest win is when you ride just five kilometers per hour faster. Or maybe your quickest win is, hey, uh, focus more on your edging rather than your speed and your pop, and you will most likely go a little bit faster. Obviously, this is, this is all based on your board and what you can do with your body. You know, you still have a kite and you have to steer the kite as well. And you have water conditions around as well, kickers or flat water or chop. Um, but this is just based on what we can get from the data from the phone. But then you can, yeah, progress with the phone. So you get actually onboard live coaching. So that's, yeah, I think it's next level. <laughs> yeah, it sounds amazing. I really want to try it. Yeah. So with, with, with the board mount, uh, on the website, it says, "Come in 2022." It's getting to the end of 2022, Flo. So when you know, when September when, now? When is this thing coming? <laughs> yes, I, know, I know you've been testing yes, it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this maybe I should give you a little bit of a rundown on the board mount. I'm not sure how. Maybe it's kind of interesting. So, For as sure. I said in the beginning, we thought um, measuring jumps is can only be done by having a phone on your board. Um, so we, we, okay, how are we gonna, how in the earth are we gonna attach a phone to the board, keeping it safe, keeping it waterproof and not losing it? How are we gonna do that? So we found these, these boxes on, on Amazon. It was kind of a, you know, like these little lunch boxes where you put your sandwiches in it, you give to your kids, like to, during lunch. <laughs> Uh, that's how it started and then you know we then we quickly figured out okay there's no such thing as a very dedicated board mount that can resist kite jumps and landings and water and you know all the all the harsh conditions we we put to our gear so then we started developing it first in china um that was that was v1 it was okay but it was too easy to make any mistakes so if you made it, if you didn't close it properly, water could come in the mount. Uh, and then we started, we thought, okay, this is a very sophisticated product. Let's um, start all over again. Let's scrap everything, uh, go back to the drawing board. And we started, we looked for a factory in Holland and we found a factory and we doing everything in Holland. So from the, the molds are being made in Holland, the the injection molding is, is being done in Holland. Um, the designers, well, the ideas are from us, but obviously you need engineers to, to get to the product are uh, based in Holland. So it's, it's a proper Dutch product. Nothing is, nothing is made uh, yeah, in another country. So that's pretty good. And we are very lucky that we did it this way because if we had to um, make this product in China, no way. No way. There we went so many times back and forth, back and forth to to adjust little things. So about two years ago, we brought out this product, and uh, we brought out the mount. And then after three days, we had to say, "Hey guys, please don't use it. It's not good enough." I and some other guys had a few sessions in thirty knots, and then it broke. Um, so then we had had to say, unfortunately, I, uh, it's uh, don't use it yet. And since then we kept on improving and developing it. And um, we think we have a really, really, really good product now. So we're currently testing with about 50 people in the Netherlands um, because we think we are very close now. So now we're in the, we call the testing phase and this is pretty much the last phase. So we hope to give a go to the factory mid September. 
so in in two days in two weeks uh, mid-september then it takes about two weeks for the factory to start producing them and then early october we can start shipping uh, all the mounts out so that is still 2022 <laughs> ready for those winter storms flow oh give, come on bring it on ready for them winter storms i'm ready for them winter storms you need to to get people to try them in storms yeah because like you said, it's a tricky product to nail yeah. because it's a lot of things like people won't just put their phones in, you know. Mike was like, because I talked about this earlier, I was like, I don't know, putting my phone on my board, it's a bit, I kind of go all over the place and I just phone. go. Yeah, and Mike was like, just get cheap phone. That's like a dedicated kind of stuff. Just get a cheap phone for it. It's like, well, get a few phones for different sports. It's just, but yeah, I but it, it sounds like a, of course you would. But it sounds like a tricky product to to get right. It's, uh, you want to get right. It's tricky. There's uh, lots and lots of hours in there, lots of money as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's we're just so motivated and so passionate about this product because the the the, the opportunities and the possibilities with this thing are, are amazing, and I think it will add so much value to your to your kite sessions. Yeah. Sounds really exciting. So as well as doing the board mount and the pro version and everything like this, you also develop the uh, app on the Apple Watch so you can just use the watch. Really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, love it. I love how that's come about. Except we've got Garmin watches, so everyone really flow. <laughs> come on. Yeah. What's yeah. happening there? I, but... It's, it's um, Maybe I should talk a little bit about it because I get these questions maybe about 10 times a day where why are you not developing this for garmin everybody is using garmin the garmin is the most bomb proof watch on the market uh, yes i agree completely with all of the above uh the thing is there's a few uh, tricky parts with garmin first of all garmin they have their own uh, code language meaning our algorithm which is just to give you a little bit of an idea the algorithm we are running is tens of thousands of lines of code and they are written in Java. And in order to run this algorithm on the Garmin watch, we have to translate it all from Java to the Garmin code. Yeah. And to do this, it probably takes a translator a year. One, then if we do a change to the algorithm, which we often do to progress and, you know, we never, stop with improving this then you constantly have to improve you know constantly make all the changes you make in java onto the garmin watch as well and then the other thing is um garmin doesn't allow third-party developers to use their sensors yeah uh, there is a few watches uh that 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 we can use as, as third-party developers but there's still a lot of watches that can't be accessed by third-party developers so then we can't even measure heights uh, the good thing though even if you have a garmin watch you know maybe you've used it you can use your garmin watch and you, you use your phone as well and the phone is measuring the jump heights and then you get a notification to your watch yeah. with the little notification with the metrics so that's a that's an alternative for now but i completely agree Garmin, uh, we, we are trying, we are working on it. We have some contacts now. Um, on the other hand, uh, maybe sell your Garmin and get a cheap Apple Watch or soon we are bringing out Android as well. We're currently testing it and then you can use your, an Android watch as well. So we're working on it and we hear you, absolutely. We want to do it all, but sometimes it's the other side who is not really helping us. Yeah, it sounds tricky. They are making it hard for you. Yeah. For oh. sure. I'll just get translating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you need to do that all the time whenever there's updates. No, maybe maybe we need to get a new watch. I don't like Apple Watches. <laughs> They're not. Yeah. I only wear I mean, yeah. I guess I only wear that watch to like for sports. So yeah, that's, yeah. I don't anyway. Yeah. We'll think let's about not, it. Let's for... not get into that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I love how many like new things that you're bringing out with the Surfer app. It's uh, yeah, it's really really cool to see all the different changes that you've done over the years and how you've progressed like from the beginning as well. And mm. it's, it's it's nice to see how how much like community based it is as well, like help, helping like uh, 
even us, you know, help, helping us when we've done the downwinder and uh, and helping us yeah. with the live statistics through that and uh, helping us like create an event for that. That was that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have the platform, so we might as well open it up to to anyone who wants to use it, and we want to welcome everyone to create a little competition. It's you know, it's never been easier. I would say, like, just you know, everybody has a phone, get some waterproof pouches. You can even help you with that and stuff. And, creative competition you know competitions should i think kiting is it's a little bit funny kiting is one of the only sports where competitions are only for the like the maybe the half or the one percent very elite people but people who are you know even me you know i'm jumping 20 meters you know i can't get into a competition but with the surf rep like we are building competitions around the world for people like i guess us to join competitions as well so that's yeah, it's kind of nice, and that's what I want to really push as well. Like, it's just nice. I really want to do a competition around here. Well, you can make one. Yeah. Choose the yeah. surfer app. Off you go. Yeah. Or yeah. We need to organize something. I think it'd be really this, fun, like this, you said, to open it up a, to people. On a, yeah, on a weekly basis, there's uh, people uh, doing competitions. Last weekend, there was a competition in um, uh, Brazil, uh, female-only competition. Hmm. Yeah. That's oh. cool. Yeah. Get organizing, Mel. Well, get organizing. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, where where do you see Surfer App going in the future? What you you've said some of the plans, but what what do you see Surfer App at like five years on? So, what we see is that Surfer will be the platform for every kiter. So, it's not only going to be for tracking your sessions; it's you know going to be for safety. It's going to be for, for onboard coaching, uh, but maybe it will be for a secondhand platform as well, um, where you can sell your kites on. Um, another thing we are already developing is um, a world map of information about every spot in the world. Since we know where the spots are, we know what kites people are using, we know when people are kiting there. So we want to make this available for the public as well, you know. Um, so it's going to be in the future, it's going to be a platform for every kite where you can find all your information. And that can be within the niche kiting, it can be pretty wide. Um, and yeah, we, yeah, hopefully going to build a, build, build on that platform what we're building off now. Yeah. But you mentioned as well that you did something with windsurfing recently, because so is it not just for kitesurfing then? Also, I want to talk about the fact that it's called Surfer App. And not kite surfer, or you know, you need to talk about yeah. the name because it's <laughs> okay. Let's let's start with the windsurfing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so it was funny. We were we just did the GK in in Tarifa, and then I got a call from a very uh, kind dude called Willie from uh, Red Bull, and he asked, "Hey guys, um, we are in trouble." Um, we tried to partner up with someone and that didn't work out. And now we don't have anyone who's going to measure our jumps. Um, do you guys want to do it? And I said, okay, um, we've never done anything with windsurfing. Um, I have no idea if it works, but we can totally try it. And I don't see any issues why it shouldn't work. So that's, uh, I flew over to Gran uh, Canaria to one of the local the legend uh, legend windsurfing spot called uh, Pozo. And yeah, the best windsurfers in the world, they just started riding with it. I, I, we always provide all the phones. So I provided some phones to a few of the good riders and uh, it worked and it was, it worked pretty much as good as, as, as kiting. So that's when we thought, Hey, okay, that's interesting. And it was very funny because um, after the competition, a lot of these windsurfers, hey, there was a 10-meter boundary. They didn't crack that yet. And then they started going for the 10-meter boundary. And now I think the highest jump for windsurfing is like 12.8 or 12.4 meters or something. And so now they're pushing to this 15-meter meter boundary. So, um, yeah, it works pretty good for, for windsurfing, jumping. And while we were there anyway, we tested it on for foiling as well, for um, subfoiling as well. No, winging, sorry, for winging as well. Uh, we have a few of the, um, what's his name, Liam, Liam Dunkelbeck and Marino Gilles. 
um, I gave them a phone during their wing session and they started doing some big boosts and it worked as well. So I guess we just created an algorithm which jump, which detects jumps, not just for kiting, but just it detects jumps. <laughs> that is awesome. So yeah, you can grow it in that direction as well if you want. I mean, in all yeah. directions, basically, if you wanted. Yeah, and that's pretty much answering your question to the next uh, uh, yeah. question as well. Because if we would call it kite surfer, it would limit us quite a bit to just only kiting. And now we still have the option in going windsurfing and wing surfing as well. So yeah, that's there. Uh, it would be cool if you it. could uh, measure like surfers aerials as well on waves or, e or even like, you know, the size of the wave as they go up and down it on, on like a carving turn with, with one of the watches or something like that. That would be really interesting to see the data from that. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't know our li the limits yet with this, uh, what the possibilities are. We're, it's just, we have to see, somebody needs to come to us and say, hey, I can do, uh, you know, airs with uh, uh, surfing and yeah, okay, let's give it a go. You know, we are, we are focusing on, on, on kiting at the moment and growing into that because we, you know, kiting is all about jumping these days. So that's definitely the biggest market. But um, yeah, there might be loads of different uh, opportunities as well. We've heard all sorts of crazy, crazy ideas. <laughs> What's the craziest idea you've heard for it so far? Well, so Red Bull, they do this Red Bull Rampage, which is like a oh, the mountain um, biking, right? The, the mountain biking. Uh, competition and obviously they jump down quite, not cliffs but they i don't know how you call it but it's a cliff big drops. it's it's, it's, a cliff. it's a cliff yeah <laughs> yeah they're nuts it's a cliff and um so the the guys from red bull they were saying hey can't we use the surf rap to measure um the the cliff jumps while while they're riding you know things like, like this uh, uh, it's it's completely out of our you know out of our scope, but maybe in the future this is uh... now let's let's focus on one thing first. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. You stay within water sports for now and kite surfing and absolutely. But like you said, that you already have so many ideas what you can do to help people get better at jumping and all yeah. these things and build the community around it. Absolutely. But yeah, we we do love using it. I need to start. I haven't used it recently because you're always on the beach. Like, I don't go kiting on my own, but I should use it as well. Well, that's good. Yeah. You don't go kiting on your own. Yeah, I know, but I mean, without you watching me from the beach and knowing I'm here, so I don't think about it. Well, I don't I'll, like taking I'll, my phone. I'll put the phone in the pouch for you, and then we'll yeah, go. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> but I love using it to watch you kite, which is a great use as well. Yes. Yeah. So are there any other water sports that you'd like to try in the future, Flo? Oh, um, maybe not so much water sports, but I recently had my first go on a paraglider wing. Oh, nice. And it's okay. It's, it's still with a wing or with a, almost a kite, especially with this uh, fly surf. It just brought out this new, it's called the moustache. Yeah. And it's, they, they call it like a, like a mix between a paraglider and a kite and like pretty much like a saw or a, um, a, a sonic and a normal paragliding wing and i just had a first go on it and it was amazing and i guess you know those you know 15 knot sessions i'm kind of you know i had so many in my life so i'm kind of a bit bored of them but when it's 15 knots and then start doing this paragliding thing here in the dunes or something that would be I think that's the that's the next thing I would like to do. Yeah. It's not it's not quite a water sport, but we'll, we'll let it slide flow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can find a way that's of transferring right. from one to the other. You can Gliding put a kite board on your feet yeah. and just make it happen. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree that I'd I'd really love to try a paraglider. I think that's really really cool. Um, yeah, I've never done it either. Yeah, that and snow kite, and I've never tried that, and I would love to launch myself off a mountain with one of these um ozone hyperlinks or like a snow kite like yeah. this be, that, yeah. i think that would be super have you fun. tried that flow mm, well i just tried it i don't know two or three years ago we had a bit of snow here in holland and we did it on like a paddock um, yeah. which was fun it worked and then two years ago snow no 
I skated because you know as being a dutchie you know as soon as a little bit of ice everybody's on the ice and then there was a little bit of wind and then we thought hey let's check up a kite and you can oh, you can go so fast over the water with those uh, you know this zero resistance so in in 10 knots and you just chuck up a seven or something and you absolutely flying over the ice it's yeah it was uh, it's good fun good fun nice. and dangerous very dangerous <laughs> that, that makes dangerous. it even more fun uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of us yeah yeah so have you got a favorite place that you'd like to kite or that you have kited i guess it has to be cape town there's yeah. uh, i don't think there's anything better than, than cape town if you you know if the if the conditions are on and you get this 35 to, to 40 45 knot days or we can go to misty cliffs or scarborough then you know it's uh i don't think anything beats that if it's absolutely nuke and and we can you know every jump is a is a around a 20 meter jump that's uh, and like all the big dogs out and pulling big loops and stuff that's yeah it's uh that's quite special so uh, and just the whole scenery and everything even if there's no wind i think you know cape town is there yeah, yeah the, is the place yeah have you got a favorite spot there you said Misty Cliffs, but is that your favorite yeah, spot? Yeah, Misty Cliffs would be. I had the best sessions there in my life, so it has to be. Uh, yeah, and just flying around with your friends there, and you know, it's rough. It's it, the wind is not as dense as we get here in Northern Europe, um, because I think it's quite warm there, so it's a little bit less dense. But yeah, the the kickers and the the blue proper ocean. It's proper ocean, like what we have here in Holland. It's not, you know, it's murky and there's no big swell or something it's just wind wind swell there's no ground swell or anything so i would say the yeah it's um yeah that it's my favorite for sure yeah one thing i love about misty cliffs is the color of the water it's just insanely clear insanely blue even compared yeah. to like bloberg and like a uh, kite beach and stuff like that yeah the water the water is yeah. insane absolutely but I think what I was going to say that you mentioned is what I like about kite surfing, especially in Cape Town, is all your like heroes or all the big dogs are out there with you. So it's not like, you know, I feel like in a lot of sports, you know, really like athletes will train somewhere else and you won't train with them. But it's like you're out on the water and there's like Heron Adlow like throwing huge loops and then Jesse Richmond and it's like, ah! and you just like it, it's just so exciting. It makes it such a cool spot. I mean, not. I, I just feel like I'm getting in their way. I'm like, well, yeah, same. But it's exciting. <laughs> you just kind of get away and you watch them and you try not to be in their way. But yeah. it's what well, it's a cool thing about kiting, I think, that you don't yeah, necessarily actually, have in other yeah. sports. Yeah, yeah, and then at night, you know, you you meet your heroes in the bar, or you know, they they're hitting the drinks as well. So <laughs> <laughs> always pakalolos. <of> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so we, uh, you said about your favorite place to cut is Misty Cliffs, but is there anywhere that you haven't cut yet that you really, really want to go to? I haven't been to Brazil, and everybody's in Brazil at the moment for Tatejuba Fest, and this is the windy yeah. season. Herbert actually uh, is, I think he's buying a house there at the moment, and his, his girlfriend is from, uh, from there. So um, she's like, you know, perfect. She knows everything there, and she's a local who can tell you exactly where to go and where not and stuff and how it keeps on telling me every season again like no you have to come you have to come it's uh, it's amazing and stuff so i think yeah brazil is quite high on my list and i have to say um i really want to go to denmark as well and the the last two weeks of um of uh, uh, september uh, i'm gonna go to to denmark so I've seen so many great spots there as well, especially like Clip Meadow, for example, where Colt White Games were. That's why I, I kited there when the Colt White Games were on there last year, which was absolutely amazing and extremely windy. But there's many more really good spots. At least that's what I see on the surf rep and on the reviews and stuff. So and on YouTube as well, obviously. So uh, yeah, one is going to be ticked off this year and then I'm sure there's other great spots as well, but I think those ones are like quite high on my list at the moment. Nice. Yeah, I'd love to go to Denmark as well. I really want to come up yeah. to uh, Kodawai. 
might have to do a trip at some point. I know, I know, I want to come over for the mega loop if that actually gets put on at some point because. Uh, oh yeah. But that's in Holland, right? It is. Yeah. 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 E- even yeah. just to watch the event, but obviously ride uh, in some strong winds we'll as some well. Take some pictures. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll go on no, a two meter. Yeah, we all hope that the mega loop is going to be on. It has it has been quite a while since it has been on. And How many years has it been now? Too. Is it like two or three years? Yeah, I think three years. Long? Twenty. Yeah. Well, maybe even longer. I'm not too sure. But the Corona, and then we didn't have any wind last year and stuff. So it's been quite a quite a while. But yeah, it will be amazing if that uh, gets. Can you remember well, who so. the last winner was? Wasn't last. Last no, I'm getting I'm confused gonna with say, the cold I'm going to say Ross. I th- Was it I Ross Dillon? But they announced a fleet mm. for it, right? I can't remember. Already. For the, was it, or is it for the... <laughs> That's how long away it I was. Know, it's for Hawaii. Yeah, all the riders are unknown who yeah. were invited. That's, yeah. uh, that's out. But yeah, it's just so waiting hopefully, for, fingers uh, crossed. for the win. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we that's maybe cool to tell as well. We are... Um, developing our own competition as well, a, a big one for next year. Oh, well, nice. Amazing. Yeah. Where so is it going to be? Last year in Holland, in the best uh, big air spot in Holland. It's called Weikensee with like perfect kickers. And yeah, we do you guys know the SpaceX crew? Yeah. Yeah, I've watched the. So obviously, videos. they're Dutch as well, and they are they're doing the race to space uh, competitions. So that's kind of a spin-off from the moonshot competition, which I organized like last year. So that's really cool that they're taking this over. But we've teamed up now to organize a really big competition next year. Uh, details I will uh, is still yet to be determined, but it's going to be uh, we aiming for something quite uh, quite large. <laughs> nice. And is it for everyone to enter, or is it? So this one is not, everyone can enter. Mm -hmm. Everyone can enter, but you have to qualify for it. Okay. Yeah. Which is fair Um, enough. What's the qualification? Is it a video entry? It's going to be completely different. We are innovators, so we like to do it completely different. (laughs) Nice. So uh, no more details on this. I will have to like, I have to keep it a little bit on the down low for now uh, because we first have to. You know, I have to iron out a few few things first before we. Uh, but so we're gonna do something um, amazing next year. I think it's gonna be uh, really cool. If the wind is gonna be there, then uh, we have an amazing, uh, yeah, big competition planned. Oh, I'm excited! When, when maybe, will maybe you do we'll it? Do you know trip. when? Yeah, but we can all go. Yeah, <laughs> when will you do it? What time of year? Uh, do you know that already? Thirty-five knots plus. Anytime it's first. Oh, anytime plus. it's okay. Yeah. Let's just say we 40 plus. Gonna... 40 plus. Oh, I wish. But you know, the good thing is, is good. if we get a forecast 35 plus, then it's usually stronger than that. So yeah. um, 35 plus, 35 knots, we are happy. And, you know, the that's these days, I feel like it's so rare that we get 35 knots. So we have to, we don't look at winter on, on, on or, or summer or autumn or whatever. Um, when we get a southwester, that's when we get the strong winds. It's usually a little bit warmer anyway. And we have the facilities to house everyone on the beach, like inside and warmer as well. We are partnering up with like a very nice location. So for the public and, and everyone, you can sit inside and have your, have your warm, like cuddle close to the, the fireplaces and stuff. So, um, and the riders, they can do the hard work uh, on the water. Amazing. That's really cool. That sounds mm. really nice. We'll, well come I'm down. Coming. Yes. As long, yeah. as, as long as there's space for our camper, we're in. <laughs> totally, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. what's next for you then, Flo? What, like, what are you up to now after this? Um, so, first, we hopefully gonna punch out this board mount. That's like a top priority at the moment. Yeah. Then there's a few competitions we're working on. I'm working on this competition for next year. That's uh, a big one. Then I'm going to go to Denmark and not much longer after that, mid of November, um, going to be in Cape Town until end of March. So the whole winter, I'm not going to be in Europe, yeah. but I will be uh, going to, to yeah spend the winter in Cape Town. Well, we might see you there because we're hoping to come in in late January, February. February. Yeah. We need cool. To book then for sure. Yeah. We will see each other there. Yeah. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on, Flo. It's been lovely talking to you, lovely hearing about everything you've been up to and everything that's coming. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, I'm really excited to yeah. to see some of the stuff that's coming out. And uh, No worries. Lucky, I'm really looking forward to getting my hand on the board, man. Same. Well, as soon as it's uh, as soon as there, give us a shout, and we'll we will send you a few. It's cool to use in the school as well, probably. So um, yeah, yeah, not not many of them are jumping, but um, I'm sure they can put it through some testing. Or for jump coaching, exactly. Double, yeah, for jump coaching, jump for coaching. jump coaching, yeah. that would be amazing to have uh, yeah. live stats on their boards to, yeah. to, to see their progression. As, yeah, as well, it would be cool as well as for you to see them live. And then you can also see all they're doing and then you can feedback even better. Yeah, we can live stream someone's yeah. jump coaching session. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be quite common. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Cool. Okie dokie. Okay. Thanks Cheers, so Flo. much. Thank you so much. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this episode with Flo. If you want to see more from him and Surfer, then please check out the description where you'll find links to the social channels and the Surfer app website. You can also go and download the Surfer app and start logging your sessions now. If you like the podcast, then please show some appreciation and leave us a review and rate us. If you want to check out anything else we get up to at Tide, then please head over to our social channels on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can check out our website, tidewatersports.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you there for the next one. Bye.